Area 10 Faith Community meets in the historic Bird Theater in Carytown in Richmond, Virginia. We worship together at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, both in person and online at youtube.com slash area10church. Kid-friendly programming is also available at the same time just down the street at 2810 at Community Gathering Place. We hope to see you at the Bird Theater soon. Now, on to this week's message. Good things come to those who... Wait, right? We all know that. You've known that your whole life. In fact, your mom probably said it to you when you were wanting dinner and you wanted to get a snack, and she's like, you can't have a snack, because at least when I was growing up, you were told you couldn't have a snack. Now you just get the snack. I don't know. But you, you were told you couldn't have a snack, and your mom would say, hey, you know, we're having dinner, and we're having such and such for dinner, lasagna, good things come to those who wait. And you, you heard that. You knew that. In 10th grade, when you were over being in high school, you're like, all right, I've done high school. This is enough of this. When is it going to be over? They say, hey, good things come to those who wait. You're going to eventually graduate. You're going to get a diploma. It's going to be good. And you know that. You've experienced it in adulthood. You go through grad school, which is a grueling siege of pain and, and suffering. And, you get, and somewhere in there, you go, all right, good things come to those who wait. If I can just push through, I will make it. And, and, and we, we, we discover that you got the degree or you finished high school or you got the meal. And you discover that, hey, this was good. In fact, waiting, when we wait for something... There's a purpose to it. Um, it, it. It teaches us to delay gratification, and that is a good thing. Delayed gratification actually pays off with some really good things. And you can see that all throughout history and all over. There's examples of that all over the world. Let me give you just a couple. Um, let's talk about geology for a second. Um, I've never been there, but I understand the Grand Canyon is impressive. All right? It's quite a canyon. It's grand. It's, it's a big hole, really big hole in the earth kind of thing. That's very cool to see. Um, those who have been and, and have told me, they're like, it's amazing. Skip it and go to Zion. Zion's better. So uh, fine, just a little, little pro tip. Um, but it's, it's great. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I looked this up, and geologists and those in the know on these sort of things claim, and I'm not like a fact checker on all this, but they said that the Grand Canyon was formed by the Colorado River, and it took six million years to form. So what you're seeing there is the end of a six million year process that makes it so amazing, which means had you seen the Grand Canyon back in year one or year 100 or maybe even year one million, it would not have been a Grand Canyon. It would have been a swale or a slight indentation or something, a, a, a ditch maybe, that would be like, oh, there's something forming over there around the river, like for a, a million years or so. And then somewhere in the last million years or so, I don't know, uh, it becomes a canyon, and then suddenly it's a grand one, and then you stand there in awe, and you go, this is incredible, because good canyons come to those who wait. I mean, it's just like, over time, this is what it takes. You, 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 you wait for something, and, and you get the good thing. Here's another example. Uh, I see a picture like this of a, of a couple, um, and, I, and I don't know what you think about when I see that, but I sort of think like, man, that is, that's what I want. That's the goal. Um, not to get old. I'm, I don't have to set that as a goal. That's definitely going to happen. And, all the, and it's easy to see a lot of downside with that, right? Like my, everything's going to hurt, and like my eyes aren't going to work right, and whatever. Like, okay, fine. All of that is coming for me and for all of you too. But... When I see it like an old, like, happy couple, I'm like, ah, that's, that's what I want. Uh, I, I, I want to get there. And, and, and I want a relationship that lasts and has endured and has weathered things over time um, so that at the end you've got something 
good, that has stood the test of time, that is a wonderful, beautiful thing. Uh, my wife and I, this year is going to be our 25th wedding anniversary. And so I'm, hey, I, I don't know if that's a lot, but it's a lot to me. It's the most I've ever, it's the longest I've ever done this. So, uh, and I'm, and I'm, I, I, as I approach that, I just think, man, I want 25 more. Like, I want to be there one day and, and, and with a person that we've sort of weathered things over the years together, and I think that's a, a cool thing. I, I think of the, the Ben Rector song. He says, you can make new friends, but you, you can't make, there's nothing like old friends, you know, and, and I want that. It's the, it's the, the, the over time that the delayed gratification maybe or just the good thing that comes to those who, who wait. Um, and, and I would argue this, it's not just good things that come to those who wait, actually the very best things come when we wait. The best things come through long periods of waiting, and, that, and that, those long periods of waiting require lots of patience. If you want to get in the best shape of your life, you can't do it quickly. There's just no way to do it. It's, it's going to be exercise and diet, what you've heard your entire life. It is actually those things, and it's actually those things over and over and over again for a long period of time. It is enduring pain and suffering for a long period of time so you can have the six-pack abs so you can put it in your profile picture or whatever. It takes time. It is not, there's no quick fix. Whatever pill they're trying to sell you, there's no quick fix. Um, and you can't just go to the gym once. You're going to have to do it over time. This is true of, of fitness. This is true of um, your, your field, whatever you work in, wherever, whatever your, your job is. You can't master the thing in a one-day seminar. You actually have to spend time on it over time, and you, eventually you get good and very knowledgeable in, in, your, in, in whatever thing you work in. It, um, it, this is true for all the things. You can't get good at guitar. You can't be good at piano. You can't be good at basketball. Um, unless you give focused attention to that thing day after day for a long period of time. And this requires you to be patient. So the best things in life come from waiting, and waiting requires patience. So, so by extension, I would argue that growing in patience and becoming more patient is actually one of the best things you could ever do with your life, is learn how to be more patient. In fact, it's a, it's a fruit of the Spirit. We have been talking in this entire series called Vintage, and we're looking at these old, old words, I guess, but old values, um, uh, character qualities that we would develop over time. And these are, as the New Testament describes them in, in the Bible, it says these are qualities that the Spirit of God that is within you, that lives within you, the Spirit is trying to develop these things in you, trying to, to produce these. So this is the fruit of God's Spirit at work in you. Over time, you should be coming um, more loving, joyful, peaceful, all that. So I want to read together. We've been doing this every, every week. Let's read it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Read this out loud because I want us to memorize it. Let's read it together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things so no, there is no law. So let's talk about that, that one in there, the fourth one, patience. What is patience? Well, you've got the obvious Oxford definition is this. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. That makes a lot of sense, right? The New Testament is written in Greek, 
And when, it used, when you see the word patience in English show up, it is pulling from one of two New Testament words. The first word that is, uh, that is translated as patience is makrothumia, and it co- it's a compound word. It comes from two words in Greek, makros, um, and, and uh, makros means long, and then thumos means anger or temper. So patience is having a long temper. So we might say the opposite of that. We might say someone has a short fuse if they get angry very easily. Patience, then, is the opposite of that. It's a long fuse. It's a long temper, right, uh, that you're not quickly angered. So patience means that. There's another word also in the New Testament that is sometimes translated as patience. It's hupomeno. Hupo uh, means under, and meno or meno is, uh, means um, remain. It's sometimes translated as abide. Uh, in the New Testament, and it's also translated as endure. So, um, hupomeno, which gets translated as patience, is a word that means um, enduring under something or remaining strong. So, it's kind of like strength, surviving under pressure, that, that kind of idea. That is patience. So, how do we get it? Interesting, uh, the answer to that, because um, uh, if I said, how do you become more patient, there's probably a lot of things we might go to here. But I was actually reading through, I was speaking to a, a men's group here at the church about a month ago, and Topher said, hey, would you come talk to the men about character? So I started looking up character in the New Testament, and I landed on Romans chapter 5, where Paul is writing a letter to the church in Rome, and he talks about character. And he does what often happens in the New Testament. You'll see these lists where one thing builds on another. Do this to get this, to get this, to get this. And this one was talking about character. And when you read through the list, look at the way it, 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 it kind of puts it together, and, and you'll see where patience shows up here. Romans 5, it says this. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. That's actually hupomeno. So that's actually suffering produces patience, okay? And endurance, patience, produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. All right, so Paul says we are going to take joy in our suffering. We talked about joy a couple weeks ago, and this is actually part of it. Joy is not, as we said a couple weeks ago, joy is not circumstantial. It doesn't have to be I have joy only when things are good and I don't have joy when things are bad. No, Paul says rejoice in your sufferings. Why? Because the suffering is going to produce something in you. What does it produce? Endurance or patience. And then what is patience going to produce over time? It's going to produce character. You're going to be a person of character. And what will that produce over time? You will be a person who has hope, which is the kind of thing that I think is in very short supply in our world today. So suffering produces patience, then character, then hope. So Number one, I think, is this, as we think about patience. Patience is formed primarily through suffering. And I wish that wasn't the case. Doesn't that seem like a, not a good deal? Like, like, is there another way? Is there an option B? Can I, can I buy patience in pill form or something? Can Amazon deliver patience and hopefully quickly through, you know, their Amazon Instant or whatever the heck? Maybe they can send it on one of those drones uh, just a box of patients into my backyard. That, that you know they're testing drones to deliver packages, right? Did you see? I saw this. It's it's fresh dystopian hell that we're about to go. We're, we're going to be living in. Um, maybe they can just deliver patients, right? And quickly, right? 
Um, no. In fact, to get it, uh, you, it goes through suffering. This has always been the case for patients, and I would argue this always will be the case. Patience comes through waiting and enduring and surviving under pressure and suffering. This is another area where I would argue that we want these vintage values, we want things like patience, but our digital world is just not helping us get it. In fact, our digital world is actively working towards the opposite. So there are many advantages of technology, right? There's many great things. Some of you are watching online today through technology. That's cool. We have lights in this room. That's technology. It's amazing. There's, there's many advantages of technology and Technology designed to alleviate suffering is a good thing. I'm glad there are methods of farming that allow us to feed more people. That's great. I'm glad there are medicines that help people when they're sick. I'm glad, um, you know, there's transportation options that you can get to a place that's far away and get there fairly quickly. Like, there's some really cool things about, uh, about technology, and especially when we use technology to alleviate suffering. But often what happens with technology is... We are alleviating suffering or we are making things better or we're making things quicker or, or, or whatever, and we, we just don't see the hidden cost. We don't realize that our, uh, our, our lack of waiting, our instant gratification is being paid for by somebody else somewhere else. Um, there's always a, an unseen consequence or a downside. The one I learned of this week, uh, and I'm, I'm about apparently about four or five years late on paying attention to this, uh, but every battery in your phone it, uh, has cobalt in it, which is mined in the Congo. You want to go down a rabbit hole, go look at the, the mining conditions for women and children in cobalt mines in the Congo. Um, there's a thing I, did, I wish I didn't know until this week, um, you're going to not thank me for pointing it out, uh, but I, I looked it up, listened to an interview about it, saw some video, and I was like, whoa, this is way down the supply chain of the phone that you carry around in your pocket. Um, there's unbelievably harsh slavery sort of conditions that are going on, that, that, and, and you've got to wrestle with that and go, what, what is going on? Um, that digital technology that you can carry around in your pocket, um, which lowers your suffering by lowering the waiting time that you have to have for anything, actually... Um, produces suffering somewhere else. Um, it, we, uh, it, all of our technology that lowers our suffering ultimately is going to lower our patience, and which will then lower our level of character, which will lower our level of hope, which drives us into despair. And I, I don't think I'm exaggerating to say there's a lot of despair out there. And this is in part why. It's a subtle process that happens to us. Um, think about uh, patients, you know, enduring over time. Think about all the ways that we, we try to make sure that you don't have to have patients. Better than developing patients is just set up a world where you don't need it, where everything is available to you at all time. Think about digital banking. Because of digital banking, we no longer have to talk to the bank teller, which is fine if you're an introvert, I suppose, but there's one more human-to-human -human interaction that you don't have anymore. And if you're an extroverted bank teller, this has to be a horrible time to be alive, right? Because people just come, you know, and they're like, oh, I don't even need you. I can just, okay, you know. Like, that's not good. Think about um, digital dating. I, I, I'm not... 
This showed up after I was in the dating world. I'm not like all down on it. Sometimes I joke about it or whatever. I've done many weddings from people who have met online, so I get it. Um, but think about how some of that robs us of the, the skill, learning the skills to just relate to the opposite sex and talk and, and connect and stuff. We, we, we lose some of those skills when, it, when we mediate everything through a screen. Um, think about what we lose uh, with like TV and shows on demand. The fact that they're called on demand. Isn't on demand the opposite of patience? Like, they're, it's pretty bold, right? Like, like they, would, they don't call it, they call it on demand. They don't call it no patience. You, you idiot, you can't wait. You know, they just call it on demand. That's weird. Who has on demand in the history of the world? Who gets on demand of anything? I want it right now. Kings. Dictators of banana republics, um, drug cartel lords. Like, this is what we all get to be now. You, everybody can be their, their, a, a, a drug lord because you get it on demand. You get what you want right now, and somebody will bring it to you and make it appear on a screen in front of you. It's, it's amazing, right? On demand gets us away from the pain, the pain of waiting, which is away from developing patience, I mean, if, if you were a child, if, if you were a child, and, and, or if you saw a child and the, kid, and the kid's like, I want all the toys and I want them now, you'd be like, that's a brat who needs to be spanked. We don't spank anymore. My generation, everybody was hitting us, but like, you're, you'd be put in the corner or whatever the heck right now, okay? You'd be put in the corner and given an iPad or what, I don't know. But, but if a kid was like, I want all the toys and I want them now, we would be like, no, that's not okay. Like, you're, you're a brat. But wait till you become an adult. We're going to hand you a smartphone and teach you how to get Amazon delivery immediately. And we're going to call that good. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Here, just don't worry about developing patience. Just get things delivered quickly. I actually ordered something online the other day. Uh, I ordered it like eight days before I needed it. And that was about uh, 20 days ago, and it's still not here. And I'm stunned. I was stunned. They sent me shipping information. I was like, oh, is it on a truck on its way? No, it's, it's loading up on a port in China. Like, they sent me the port and everything. I was like, oh, oh. What it? You mean I, I can't just push the button and it's here tomorrow? Like, are you kidding me? How have I been trained to expect things to show up immediately, that it, it didn't even occur to me that I could order something eight days ahead of time and it wouldn't get here. This is, this is in, and in the history of the world, how bizarre is that? This is the way our culture trains us to have instant gratification, to have things on demand, and to not develop patience, to not have to endure any moment of waiting these are subtle ways, I think, our culture works against patients. And, and that's actually not a new thing that, that's been going on throughout all of history. Um, we, we, don't, we want to alleviate suffering to the point of having absolutely no pain and suffering at all, and we think that will be better. And, and people have pointed out through history it's not necessarily better. In fact, the ancient Stoic philosopher Seneca, this is what he says. He says, I judge you unfortunate because you have never lived through misfortune. You've passed through life without an opponent. No one can ever know what you're capable of, not even you. And I love that. 
You don't even know who you are if you haven't had pain. We don't know who you are if, 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 you, haven't squeezed, if you haven't been squeezed to see what comes out. Like that, 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 the pressure is what makes the diamonds. The suffering is what brings the strength. The, the pain is what will bring the patience in us. We have to, we have to lean into this fact um, that patience comes through suffering and, and pain. The second thing to notice there is if the word for patience is, is long-suffering, um, then, then, then this means we have to have endurance over time. Time is actually a key ingredient to patience. In fact, when we talk about being impatient, mostly what we're talking about is things taking too long. If you go to Chipotle and you order something and they don't make it fast enough, you start to get impatient. Hey, where's my order? Hey, why is this taking so long? Hurry up. Which is weird because you're just going to get your order, sit down and scroll TikTok. It's not like you were in a hurry to go do a thing. It's just, you know what I mean? And, and so we're, we've got, but we've gotten it into our heads. This needs, to, this needs to be on demand. Not just TV, but service people are on my demand. They need to work for me and work quickly. Like this is what it's turning us into and, and doing to us. Um, so how do, we, how do we cultivate patience? One is it's through suffering. So you can't like make that up, right? Like it's going gonna, it's gonna to come and you have to learn to endure through it. But two, I think patience can be formed through discipline. Patience can be formed through discipline. The really great things come through focused discipline over time, right? Um, if you want to be a concert violinist, that is many, many, many hours of practicing. And then we see you on stage and there's greatness there because you spent the time, you did the work. Uh, writer Jay Kim, I told you his book, Analog Christian, is in the background of a lot of this series for me and was a, a, an inspiration for me on, on this series, his book, Analog Christian. He talks about his friend Dan. His friend Dan has run 22 Ironman triathlons, and Dan says in the book, he says, anybody can run a triathlon. And I'm like, I beg to differ, sir. I don't think that's the case. But he said, because the key ingredient is patience. You just have to be willing to stick with it, stick with the thing and the training and all that long enough. So I would, I would say that if we're going to grow in patience, we have to practice the disciplines. Practice disciplines. These could be physical things. So disciplines for you could be very physical, um, weightlifting or uh, adhering to a diet over time, right? Practice things that over time uh, you start to see results. But I would also argue there are, there are spiritual disciplines that will help you um, with patience. Uh, for example... Um, fasting. Fasting is to not eat for long periods of time, and it involves delaying gratification. It involves seeing that thing and going, I'd love to eat that, but I'm not going to do that now. I will do it tomorrow or tonight or whatever the period of fasting is, right? Um, why would I, you know, and a lot of people are like, why would I ever do that? I, I just love food too much, and I get it. But there's something about the discipline of that that and the willingness to say no, that starts to show up in your willingness to say no to other things in life. And it's a discipline. You're sort of building a muscle of delayed gratification, of, of patience. Um, reading the Bible is, is another one. Uh, there's a group of people at the church all reading the scriptures uh, so far this year, kind of doing a read through the, the Bible plan in a, in a year. I've actually never done it. I've never done like a full read through in a whole year thing. Um, 
And it reminds me, as we've been going through it, there are sections of the Bible that you're like, man, that's really interesting, and oh, that applies to my life, and how, would that, you know, what is, how is God speaking to me? And then there are sections that you're like, that's pretty dry, and that's kind of uninteresting, and that's a little weird, and I don't get that, and there's all of that stuff in there. And I think um, it helps you develop uh, the, the, the patience to work through sections that are dry in order to get to parts that are really interesting, or that you learn that even in the dry parts, there is something there for you, or that God can still speak to you in those things, uh, the, the, the discipline over time. Um, prayer, I think, is a, is a discipline that we engage in that is a delayed gratification thing. I, I, don't, I don't think there have been times that I prayed for something and, like, immediately God answered it, and, and you know, it's like, I, I prayed, and then the phone rang, and they, they gave me a bunch of money, or, like, it's not, like, it doesn't usually work that way. Um, prayer is, is a long, is sort of a long, slow burn. It's something you engage in daily to build your relationship with God, and, and over time, you start to see how God interacts with you through that, and you, you sometimes, you you get things you ask God for. Sometimes he challenges you and pushes back, but you grow the relationship with him. It is a long, slow process, um, and we, it is a, a discipline that we engage in. So uh, I, am, I am teaching an eight-week class group. We, we, uh, Rachel, was, Rachel was up here calling y'all, y'all, and talking about um, small groups that are starting. I'm starting a group on Monday nights. Uh, starting February 6th, and we're going to go eight weeks through spiritual disciplines. So we're going to talk about a class called Formation. We're going to talk about praying, fasting, studying the Scripture, um, giving, just all, all sorts of different disciplines that we can enter that help shape us uh, into be people of, of character that, that, uh, that are following the Lord. So um, here's, a new, here's a new discipline I've picked up this year. It really started at the end of last year. Um, I've started to handwrite Bible books. So I am copying the Bible word for word and writing it out. Why? People are like, you know, they have those in print. You don't need to, you're not like, an, you're not like a sixth century monk. Um, cool. Here's, for me, here's the thing. Um, I have terrible handwriting. My wife has made fun of me forever for like, your third grader has better handwriting than I have. And uh, so I have uh, about... Four years ago, someone showed me how to hold my pen differently, and now when I hold my pen, it doesn't hurt my hand when I try to write. So that was helpful. That was step one. And then about six months ago, I actually got online and downloaded a course on handwriting to get better handwriting uh, because I want to be able to write things out and at least be a little bit like, at least I would say proud of what I, how I write. At least I, I'm just shooting for not embarrassed if anyone was to pick up something I had written, right? And so I'm, I'm, I, I downloaded the course. It has worksheets. I'm talking like, you know, the dotted line, the big lines with the dotted line, and you go, hey, hey. Like I've, I've done that over the last six months, working on forming my letters like, like it's first grade or whatever. I, I, I've done that. Um, and it's getting better. It's improving. If I have a good pen and I really focus, I can write better. So part of me handwriting the Bible was to just practice my, my writing. But another part was sometimes you remember things and things hit you differently when you write them down rather than just hearing them or reading them. Um, so I wanted that. I was like, I wonder how things will hit me when I write them down. So our, our, uh, I have a couple formation groups that I'm in here with guys in the church. We've been going through First John, so I started there, and I, and I just finished writing First John. It took me almost a month to write out the whole book, and it's a short book. 
my plan is to write out the whole Bible. Do you know how long that's going to take? 20 years, probably. Um, but uh, that's a discipline I want to enter into uh, that, that will last over a long time. And, and maybe I'll get something good out of it that I can pass off to one of my kids and say, like, here, I wrote the whole Bible. You can have this. I have three kids, so I have to either pick which one I like the best or... I have to pick up my pace and really, like, you know, pick up so I can get three of these copies done for them. Um, but that is it. For me, that is a discipline that I've, that I've picked up uh, that helps me just work at something slow over time. So uh, two, two tips here to give you, and then we're done. Uh, and these are related to what we just talked about. Um, to develop more patience, to grow in our patience. Number one, reframe the suffering and remember it has has a purpose. The suffering that we go through, the pain we go through, builds character in us. Imagine I could wave a wand and give you one of two things. Like immediately, I could give you, one, either a life of no suffering, no pain, a life of ease and comfort and, you know, money and happiness and vacations and Coca-Cola and all of that, I could, what if I could just give that to you? And I'm talking the Mexican Coca-Cola, not that cheap American stuff. If I could give that to you, wave a wand and you have that, or the second wave the wand and you have this is you have an incredible capacity to, to in, endure. Um, you can handle whatever comes your way. Which one would you want? I think if we're honest, most of us would want number one. We would be like, I mean, I'll take cool life and Mexico and, you know, vacation, and I'll I'll take that. But here's the reality. There's no one for this. And actually, the first one is just not an option. There's no way that that's going to happen. Everybody is going to have pain and suffering. It is coming for all of us. But the second one, an ability to withstand, to to, to grow from it, to develop character, to, to endure, that is something you can have. That, that is something that can be formed in us. That is the Spirit's work in us. The Apostle Paul, in what is probably the most joy-filled letter of the, in the Bible, in the book of Philippians, he, he writes this, and I, I want to read a part of Philippians 4 to you. you. You've heard at least one of these verses before. Um, listen to what he says. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's the verse you've heard, right? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things, some, some translations say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, that is a verse you're going to hear a football player say when they win a game this weekend. Uh, that, oh, man, I'm just working hard. I can, I can just do all things through Christ who gives me strength, which is cool, and I love that idea, but that's not what Paul is talking about. He's not saying you're going to win the football game. He is saying in context, he's talking about patient endurance, right? Learning to be content. It is a learned thing over time. He said, I have been brought low. I have, I have abound. I have, I've had lots of things, and I've had nothing, and I've learned how to be content in all of that. I have survived the ups and downs. You don't need to survive the ups, but you need the downs so that you can, so that you can make it. And he says, look, Christ is the source. Jesus is doing this in me, but I, I have learned it over time. The patience comes um, partly from 
going through the hard stuff. And I would argue in Paul's case as well, the way he developed patient, the patient endurance is also through the disciplines that he picked up as a person who memorized the Old Testament, as a person who uh, prayed together, as a person who fasted regularly, as a person who met with other Christians regularly for encouragement. He had picked up the disciplines over time that allowed him to be the kind of person who could endure and could learn patience. So th- that's first is reframe the suffering and remember um, that God... Uh, as, as, I, as I say often, that I, I, I hope this is a phrase all of us like basically have memorized. God never promises to take the suffering away. He just promises to make the suffering count for something. So remember that. Number two is this. Intentionally pick up some habits and disciplines that will take time. Um, think, think of the things you could engage in that aren't done quickly and start doing those. I don't know what that's going to look like. It could be very physical things, like gardening, right? Gardening is slow. You can't make it work. We say all the time in this church, you don't grow flowers by pulling on them. You just have to let the Lord do his work, but, and you just cultivate the soil. That stuff, it takes time. Um, l- learning to play piano is slow, and it's methodical, and you might think it's boring. It's not easy, but it's rewarding. Um, I'm actually worried no one will play guitar anymore because it's just easier and quicker to play Guitar Hero. Uh, like, what is going to happen? No one's going to write anymore because ChatGPT will write it for you. Like, this, this is concerning me. Um, no one will stick to marriage because it's just easier and quicker to get out and move on to the next thing. Um, pick, intentionally pick up things that are going to take a long time to accomplish, and in that you will build patience. Good things come to those who wait, so let's make it a habit to intentionally wait. Jump in the slow line in the grocery store. Take a walk without much of a destination. Just linger a little bit and watch God start to do his work of developing patience in you. Let's pray. God, help us to be people who endure, who are long-suffering, who endure, who have forbearance, who have patience, who uh, walk through the hard stuff. Um, God, no one asks for hard stuff. We don't, we don't want it necessarily. This is not something, uh, pain is not something we'd sign up for uh, this week, this month, uh, but we know it will come, and uh, God, I pray we do the work now of digging our wells deep and uh, putting our roots down deep so that we're ready for whatever comes our way. Um, God, uh, it's scary to pray for patience. It's scary to ask you to make us patient because of what you might send that will bring patience for us. But, Lord, um, we are uh, ready for what, what, you, what you bring. And so help us to, um, to be deeper and be people of character. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.